0: Welcome to the What the fuck is that podcast where we ask the age-old question of what the fuck is that. I'm your host Jess. I'm Jen. Look at my socks. They are Christmas. They're Sa- okay, Christmassy Santa slipper socks.
1: I was going to say I'm surprised that you even have them on right now
0: because they're more slipper than sock. Okay. That's that's where it gets me. It doesn't Okay, so I have like larger feet for a woman i'm like a nine or ten depends on the shoe usually a ten and usually i get socks and they just like make my toes feel crunched and like pushed together these i can like still wiggle my toes in and they are the perfect amount of like cozy and fluffy and they have grippies on the bottom so i don't fall on my ass
1: Okay, babe, but are you getting socks that are meant for women your size? Yes, but they still just don't feel good. Okay. I don't like how they squeeze my toes in general. I mean, it's okay. I can't say anything. I'm on a neurodivergent uh, yeah, I'm like, kick right you. now <laughs> where I'm refusing to wear anything. Like, I'm refusing to wear anything that's tight. So, like, my tennis shoes that I usually wear for work and school Yeah, have not worn them for a solid, like, Three weeks.
0: I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's, like, the thing at the end of the day. I'm like, it doesn't matter as long as, like, things are getting done and you are
1: comfortable doing it. Like, fuck it. Yeah, so my neurodivergent self has not been letting me wear shoes.
0: Yeah, so fuck off. My slipper (laughs) socks are fine. And they're really cute and they're festive. Like, look at how cute he is. He has a little red button nose. He has his hat. He looks like Harry Potter. Little glasses. Those would also be really cute slipper socks <laughs> with the scar and the scarf. Shh. Shut the fuck up! That would be so cute. I want twenty of them now. I love these things.
1: Oh my god,
0: they're my new favorite. Well, the only you gotta thing that's sex- the only thing that sucks is I can't really wear them outside, and oh I refuse god. to get actual Crocs because I could probably fit them inside if it didn't have the hat.
1: Like, in my slides. Yeah. But,
0: hmm.
1: Mm. See, I told myself that I wasn't going to have Crocs, and somehow I slipped. And the only reason I have two pairs is because I had gotten my sister the wrong size. Oh, there you go. And so I just kept them instead of returned them. (laughs) You're like, thank you. These are for me now. Cool. Yeah. Basically, I was like, I don't have the energy to go back to the mall. Fuck it. (laughs) And uh, return these. So they're they're mine now.
0: Yeah. That's probably good to have more anyways.
1: They're they're comfortable, damn it. Like, I hate admitting it. (laughs) I absolutely hate admitting it. But they are comfortable. No, I can't. mm. you haven't even tried i won't i will continue
0: not to i said that
1: i said that for years Mm -mm. and then i just kind of gave in now
0: like i'm all for my kids for wearing them because like the prices of them aren't bad yeah and they just kind of run shoes into the ground absolutely and they're great for outside because our backyard is like doesn't really have grass it's just dirt yeah. So if it, any water gets on it, it's muddy, and those are great because I can just hose them down. Yeah. And be done. With it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're a great shoe for kids. I love them just because they're very loose, and I can just slip them on and off. Um, I don't know. Just they're great. You should try it.
0: I'm good, but I love that for you. <laughs> I'm also super excited, though, because this is our first episode of the holiday season. Yay. It's a- <laughs> so all of our next couple of episodes, including today's episode, are going to be kind of holiday-y, Christmassy, but also a little spooky-type episodes. <laughs> So, on this holiday season, if you like whatever the fuck this is, be sure to head over to our Instagram. Our Instagram is WTF is that pod. Over on our Instagram, you can find our link tree. Our link tree has the link to our Patreon, our Amazon wish list. It also has the link to our campfire stories. Go ahead and send over your campfire stories. We are in the process of deciding another date where we're going to read some of those. So as we collect some, it'll kind of give us more incentive to pick that date. Over on our Patreon, you can join supporters like Melanie, who is at our Mystic Mentor level. Different levels will grant you different access to things from Jen and I, from exclusive content to longer content and all that good stuff the very best way to help us grow is to head over to Spotify and let the Spotify gods know that you love what we are doing here and give us a like and review. Other than that, if you are going on a road trip to go visit family and you are just like, hey everyone in the car, we should listen to this podcast and you put it on and then you start to tell your friends about it and their friends tell their friends and like it's a whole snowball effect, you know, like a snowman. That would- Help the podcast grow and just organically get more super awesome, spooky people in our ranks.
1: That was a lot of illustration.
0: You're welcome. I'm <laughs> such a good wordsmith. You ready for this week's episode?
1: Yep. <laughs> okay, let's go. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jen. Have you ever heard of the Sandringham house? What the fuck is the Sandringham house? I'd love to tell you. Awesome. <laughs> okay, you ready? No. Well, I mean, it's not that bad. Okay. Like, is this a spook? It is a spook. Okay. Yeah, it a is a spook. Um, so the Sandringham house mm-hmm. sits on a 20,000 acre estate in Norfolk, England. Just a little over 100 miles north of London.
0: Okay, so we're across the pond on this. We are.
1: We are. Um, This house, which we'll get into uh, a little bit Uh later on, is the house that the royal family uses during Christmas time. Ooh. So they're there for about six to eight weeks during the holidays. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And this has been a generational thing. We're going to do a little bit of a history of how the royals came to have the Sandringham House and then the little holiday spook. Ooh, I love this for us. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the history of the house, okay? In 1862, Sandringham House estate was only 7,700 acres at the time. It was looked at as a potential country home for Albert Edward, Prince of Wales.
0: Okay. And what when is this again?
1: 1862. Okay.
0: So. So it's been a hot minute. It's yeah. A hot minute. Got Ugh, it.
1: Real hot minute.
0: Real hot. The hottest <laughs> of
1: minutes. This was to basically be a 21st birthday present from his parents, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert.
0: I would love that as a birthday present. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Money, please.
1: (laughs) Just to have a whole fucking estate. Some kids get a shot. Other kids get estates. (laughs) His parents agreed his primary residence would be the Marlborough House in London, but they felt he should have a private home away from town to escape when his duties permitted him to do so. I mean, like, I guess that's nice. Yeah. Hey, kid, I know you are the
0: literal prince, but like, you can go take a break if you need to, and here is a whole house to do that in, I guess, 21-year-old child.
1: The royals looked at many properties, but the prince consort, Prince Albert's father, died unexpectedly, momentarily pausing the search.
0: That's so sad. Yeah.
1: So, essentially, Prince Albert now has to step up also, even though his mother's still queen. Oof. Oof. At 21. Yeah. Jesus, Mary and the Camel. However, Queen Victoria decided her husband would have wished for things to continue as planned. So, there was an inspection of the Sandringham house... The purchase was completed in October of 1862, just a month before the prince's 21st birthday. The young prince and his new bride moved into the Sandringham house after their marriage in 1863. Well, obviously he's, he's
0: a big up-and-coming boy. He has to have a lady on his arm. that's a fucking <laughs> bid.
1: The couple deemed the house habitable, however, a bit cramped for their growing family. Oh
0: on all that acreage. Oh, boo fucking who.
1: Now remember, it's 7700 acres at the moment. So the original house was demolished. A new house was designed by AJ Humbert, an architect favored by Prince Albert. The main part of the house was completed in 1870. A ballroom was added in 1883, and new guest and staff accommodations were added in the 1890s
0: well i mean that means it grew that much in like 20 years which in the grand scheme of things and in the
1: 1800s of it all is like surprisingly that it was that quick this grew from the 7700 acre original estate to what is now the 20,000 000 Jeez. <laughs> acre yeah, that's estate. a little
0: bit of difference just a like, tiny bit slightly off just
1: a little <laughs> teeny tiny bit Here, generations of royals would grow up and soon grow to love the property. In 1975, the Duke of Edinburgh supervised demolition and modernization of the service wing of the house. There were a maze of small Victorian rooms and unused staff accommodations. Over a hundred rooms were demolished to remove dry rot, save on heating costs, and move the kitchens closer to the dining room. Which,
0: okay, that'll make sense. That's all valid. I totally get that. Like, good on you. You're not letting your people die of mold poisoning or being <laughs> rot. Exactly. Which also, why wasn't the kitchen by the dining room in the first place? That seems like a design error. I don't know.
1: Blame that first architect. Boo on you, first architect. <laughs> Boo on you. Now for the spooky part. Ooh,
0: I'm so excited for a spooky part. I forgot it was the spooky part for a second. So you said it, and I was like, "Yes,
1: let's get to it." That's the whole point of our podcast, babe.
0: I, I know. Sometimes I forget that we re- are recording a podcast. There's a not huge microphone in front of you and talking. I don't know. There's a whole ass microphone in front you. of sometimes you. Sometimes I just think we're just like chilling and talking, and I have to go. Oh yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> go on. <laughs> A columnist, Kenneth Rose, collected a wide range of stories from many sources and members of the royal family. These stories were published just after his death.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That seems
1: suspicious. (laughs) I mean, yes, (laughs) but I believe that he was older. So, like, yes, but no, but yes, but no, but yes, but no. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Mm hmm. There have been many strange reports coming from the Sandringham House and ghostly sightings. Members of staff have reported being scared of one room in particular. Ooh,
0: it's always creepy when it's a consensus. Yeah. It's not just like a one person has this issue with it, but when it's a consensus amongst a group of people where it's like, no, we don't, we don't fuck around there. Mm -hmm. Yikes.
1: Unfortunately, it's not the only one. Oh, no. All right. So this room in question is where the late King George VI lived before his death in 1952. Oh, geez. This room is apparently so haunted, staff have refused to work in this one particular room. According to Rosa's stories, the late queen's lady-in-waiting, Prue Penn, told him of a service the queen invited her to in the room conducted by the local parson. So, basically, a pastor or a member of clergy. Okay, okay. Reportedly, the only other person besides the parson and Penn was the queen. So, it was just the three of them in that room. Oh, I see. The parson apparently walked from room to room of the estate and reported feelings of some sort of restlessness in one of the rooms. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The Queen revealed this room was turned into a bedroom for King George VI during his last few months. Here the parson held a service. Now this wasn't exactly an exorcism, but it Would was When you
0: say it wasn't exactly <laughs>
1: Because, I mean, exorcisms need to be sanctioned by the Catholic Church. Okay. Okay, so they're all reported, supposedly, okay? And again, I don't want to, like, start anything with Catholicism, stuff like that. I am Catholic myself. Um, I respect the Church. I believe in the Vatican, everything like that. But, you know, this is supposedly every exorcism is recorded Uh and approved gotcha um so but
0: i mean if it's england it's not the catholic church anyways
1: well i don't think it's the catholic church anyways because it says a parson which we don't call any of our people parsons yeah so it's yeah it has to be the christianity church yeah um so i don't know you know, maybe it was an exorcism. Christianity exorcism, do those exist? I think it would be more of a cleansing. Okay, that makes sense because uh, it says it's a service to bring tranquility.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't call that an exorcism. I would call that a cleansing.
1: Okay, well, this is what he writes. He says, the congregation of three took holy communion and special prayers were said. I think for the response of the king's soul in the room uh, in which he died. Ooh. So, Just the
0: fact that he felt that he had to do this in that particular room is like big yuckas. I hate that you say that word.
1: <sighs> I know I had to. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I I mean, I'm not completely feeling anything was, like, malevolent. No, it was just there. Yeah. But the fact that he felt it and knew immediately, hey, something's oh, yeah. up with that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Next, we're going to talk about a story involving the current King Charles. Okay. Here, he was viewing some old paintings in the mid-1980s. The then prince was with his valet looking at some prince when both felt someone behind them, even though the room was completely empty.
0: Ew. That's (laughs) always a gross feeling. Like, there is nothing good about
1: that feeling when you're like, there's no one here, and I literally feel them looking at me. Yeah, it's not great, even as someone who is sensitive and like... Yeah, when you know what's going on and you still feel it, and you're like, like, "No." no... Reportedly, the prince cried, oh heck, grabbed the first print, and got out of there as quickly as possible.
0: Uh, Yes, I'm sure he said, oh
1: heck. Hey, I mean, that's... Who am I to say what the king said? (laughs) Exactly. That's what was reported, okay? The next room we're going to talk about is the library. Apparently, there's an old clock located in this room. I'm assuming that it doesn't work. Oh, okay. Okay, like, it's just an old grand clock that just kind of sits there, like, antique. I don't know what it is, but, like, a
0: clock like that that doesn't work is just
1: extra creepy. I don't know what it is about a non-working grandfather clock. I mean, that's fair. Reportedly, the hands of the clock move on their own oh no (laughs) yeah and also a servant has reportedly taken a nap in the library before and was abruptly woken by books flying off the shelves it said excuse me this library is for reading not for sleeping (laughs) get your shit together apparently so was like You need to learn something here. Some
0: kind of bibliophile spirit was like, no.
1: (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) That would be like, get up. This is to read all these books. Be like, I wish I could have read all these books in my lifetime. (laughs) Seriously. Rory
0: Gilmore panicking (laughs) that there are so many books and she will never be able to read them all.
1: Dude, I have to live with that every single day oh my gosh but yeah that would be me in the afterlife be like be grateful for this shit
0: stop (laughs) napping and read a book
1: (laughs) one of the most frightening spots in the whole house according to some of the housemaids is the sergeant footman's corridor on the second floor that's okay that was a lot of words it really was it fell really wrong in my mouth There's, like, so many things to that
0: okay <laughs> why what goes on in this sergeant's corridor footman's corridor why does he needs his own footman i don't know i guess what is the structure of i have so Royal many questions life, anyways man. tell me about this special man's special room <laughs>
1: The area of the house is only cleaned when the housemaids are able to be in pairs or in groups.
0: Oh no, that's bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Light switches are said to be turned on and off, footsteps heard walking down the corridor, and doors opening and closing on their own.
0: Ew, that's a lot.
1: Like That's, that's not a lot just, of energy.
0: That's not just feeling
1: someone watching you. No. That's some shit going on. Oh, but just wait. According to the staff, the most frightening noise is a wheezing sound that resembles lungs breathing in and out. (laughs) I wish everyone could see Jessica's face right now. That is
0: atrocious. (laughs) I hate that. As somebody who gets mostly auditory... I hate that. I would be so pissed. I would be yelling at some ghosts like, (laughs) fuck off. Get away from me. Yuck. Just disembodied. Yuck. Disembodied wheezing. But just wheezing in general is an unsettling sound. But then disembodied? Yeah. No. No. (laughs) No. No, it's a hard pass from me. It's a no nah for me, dog.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would like that sound either. Uh huh. Especially if it's like right in your ear. Uh huh.
0: No, I hate everything about it.
1: The fact that I know it's like you feel it in your ear, as if it's like happening right I can't now. Like feel it in my bones is the problem. One of the most famous reports happened in 1996 by the Queen's footman, Sean Crosdale. Apparently, he saw the ghost of Tony Jared, the Queen's favorite steward, who had died the year before in the cellar. Oh, in the cellar. In the cellar. Crosdale could see a full image of Tony dressed in his familiar blue apron. Ooh, full body image.
0: And that's, yeah, especially when it's that specific for something they were, like, known for. Yeah.
1: No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. Jared had died at the age of 60 after serving the royal family for 38 years. The queen had known him his entire life and was quite fond of him. Reports have said she took comfort in knowing he was still around. Oh, that's sweet, though. Yeah. So, for, like, the queen to actually believe that he was still there. And I'd be like, like, oh, my little buddy is still yeah. around. Oh, Yeah, so that was really sweet. Apparently, the queen also has had a few paranormal experiences herself. Ooh. Reportedly, she's seen Tony's ghost. But, as a child, she and her sister, Princess Margaret saw the ghost of Queen Elizabeth the First. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know whether it was like a full embodiment or like a passing. Or a or, feeling
0: even. You yeah. Know? I don't
1: have all the details on that. But to know that even the Queen of England has had paranormal experiences. It's just wild. It's one of
0: those things where I don't know about you, but every time I have one, I'm like, no, maybe maybe today's the day that I just am going completely fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, everyone has I'm like, those
0: thoughts. I'm like maybe today's the day that I'm going crazy. And then I hear things like that from like powerful people and I'm like, No. No, it's not just me. That's good to know. Good yeah, to know. I'm completely valid. Good to store up there. Great. <laughs>
1: Prince Christopher of Greece, the uncle of Prince Philip, had seen the head and shoulders of a woman reflected in a mirror while staying at the house. Ooh. Later during his stay, he saw a portrait of the woman he saw in the mirror. Her name was Dorothy Walpole. She died in 1726. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's wild. I don't... To, Mm. like, to see a full... Like, at least even uh, top portion of
0: someone. In the mirror, and then be able to identify it later as, hey, that's
1: this person. Yeah. Ooh. I have yet to experience that. And... I don't know how much I would want to.
0: Yeah, because, like, we're able to get names and that sort of thing from what we're told. Yeah. But it's never been like, hey, we saw a full apparition and there's a picture of them right there. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know how I would handle that either.
1: Ooh, Creepy. (laughs) Lastly, each Christmas Eve, the spirits are said to stir. That's interesting
0: that it's Christmas Eve. Right. I wonder if it's because, so like when the house was first bought for the prince, mm-hmm. it was meant to be like when his, he didn't have to perform his duties, so I wonder if that's just when he was able to go to the house more often, and so the energies like, just, yeah, were able to feed
1: off of more energy being in the house. It's possible, yeah because i mean it seems like this house is not used as often until during the christmas time like during the christmas season so yeah i could see how yeah. a whole bunch of energy coming to this house all at once like stirs up a whole lot oh yeah so, so i could it's definitely like see that
0: yeah it's like they're
1: all hallows eve almost essentially yeah so they look forward to it i'm sure Christmas cards are thrown all over the floor of servants' quarters, blankets are pulled off of beds, and there are many reports of someone breathing down someone's neck. Ew! Is that the Weezer guy? I don't know. Probably.
0: That feels on brand. <laughs> it's like, I fucking love
1: Christmas! Oh! <gasps> Apparently, this type of activity was only active during the six to eight weeks that the royal family is staying at the Sandraham house, though. He just...
0: They get so excited. Excited. They are just Christmas people. Exactly. But again, like I said before, it makes sense that they are then beating on the energy. And, like, there is a certain hype to Christmas.
1: Yeah. Especially if, like, the royal
0: children were also staying at this house regularly, Like, you got all that hype of the Christmas, and you have all these people around, and all that spirit is just feeding on
1: all of the energy. Yeah, and so many royals have already said that that house has become so beloved, especially during the holidays. So, to know that all that energy is gathering there, especially on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, where, you know, the family spends, or at least all the family and a lot of people are together at that house. Oh, yeah. So, makes sense. But that's the story of the Sandra Camp House. I love it! That was a little bit spooky and very holiday-y. Thank you. Very nice, very nice. Thank you, thank you.
0: Alright, well, on that wholesome Christmas note, you want to terrify us with some shit?
1: Do we want skin cells or dreams?
0: Let's do dreams. Let's stay with a little bit whimsical.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, you ready for some disturbing facts? No, but you're gonna tell me anyways. I am. Why was it that so high-pitched?
0: Because I was trying to get in, like, a Christmasy mood, and oh. I couldn't quite. My head couldn't think of a Christmas song <laughs> on command, even though I've been listening to Christmas music all weekend. <laughs> Good job. I'm really proud of you. Thank you.
1: I was also very proud of me. <laughs> all right. You know how when you fall asleep and you're dreaming that you fall okay or that you jump off something or you know something of that I'm intimately aware with it, yes. That nature and you feel yourself jump like your body physically jumps and you wake up for a moment because you scare the shit out of yourself?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
1: Well, falling in your dreams means that your brain fell asleep too quickly. And assumes you're dying oh that's yeah so it just kick starts here like system. yeah it basically uh kickstarts your fight or flight uh nervous system and your body chooses fight and it goes <laughs> uh
0: absolutely not bitch i choose life
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> Just like, even in your sleep,
1: you're not safe. No, you're not. (laughs) From your own brain, like, literally your own brain. I mean, okay, so I'm not going to lie. There have been cases where people have been found in their beds with injuries of, essentially, crush syndrome. So, like... (laughs) Of what? Crush syndrome? Go on. So, okay... So when investigators have basically equated these injuries and like okay. doctors have equated these injuries okay. to people who commit suicide from jumping off of tall buildings, okay. their bodies basically internally explode, okay, when they hit the pavement. Uh-huh. Basically, people have been found in their beds, doors locked, windows locked. With these same injuries. No. Dead in their no. bed. So their only assumption is that they had to have like jumped off something or fallen off a building in their dream. And it became physiological. No. <laughs> you made it worse somehow.
0: <laughs> I was going to say today's disturbing fact was actually pretty tame. It's two-parter. Like, how did you make it worse? I was like this is gonna be a nice little thing about dreams I've learned that's a fear that I now have
1: I mean don't get me wrong it's extremely rare
0: I I don't give a shit do you also I also know like deep down I'm not gonna get trench foot but I am still terrified of it happening I don't know what to tell you. Why do you have that irrational fear? <laughs> I had it described to me like a little too in-depth by a teacher once. <laughs> it's, and it's just really stuck with me since then.
1: Oh, this it's why wet so socks much... of
0: any kind stress me the fuck out. I'm like I'm going to get fucking trench foot, like you riding have... splash mountain. <laughs>
1: You shouldn't have told me this, because now I have so many ways to terrify you, considering how many stories I get to hear at school, because I Mm. do medical things.
0: Yeah, I'm getting trench foot, so... (laughs) And now of uh, that happening to me, so thank you for
1: that. You're welcome. Yeah, so just so you know, your body could possibly kill you while you're sleeping.
0: Okay, well, if... Oh, Jesus Christ. If you like whatever the fuck this is, <laughs> be sure to head over to our Instagram. Our Instagram is WTF is that pod. Over there, you will find the link to our Linktree, which has our Patreon to help us support the show, our Amazon wish list, our Campfire Stories, which is an open submission form, as well as the link to our Spotify. Over on Spotify, if you could do us a favor and let the Spotify gods know that you are loving what we are doing and give a like and review, that is the very best way to help us grow. Remember to share us with your friends, family, loved ones, neighborhood cats, random homeless person you see, let them all know about the podcast and that word of mouth will help us grow so that way we can give you guys better content in the future. And with that, welcome to the holiday season, and don't let your brain kill you in the middle of the night. Um, I'm warning
1: about what goes on in your brain.